Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We first met at a time that I don't remember because we grew up together. So I don't remember when we first met, when I first met her. She's she's younger than I am. So I, I don't remember when I first met her, but I'm sure she remembers when she first met me because- well, I mean, I, I remember, I don't know the date, but I remember when you, it was, you, then you bring David with you, uh, or your cousin or something, and then after that, right? That was when in I was 11, 12. That was in May, nineteen ninety-two, and the way I remember that is because it was when Ramona first came home. So <laughs> I was born in the Move organization, uh, right? And um, my mother was arrested following a police attack on our home. At the time, she was eight months pregnant with me. So she was still in prison, and I was uh, born in a prison cell a few, uh, about a month after the arrest, her arrest. So my grandmother and my great aunt came to the prison to get me when I was born. When they got me, they, um, they took me to Virginia for the, the organization had a place in Virginia where the kids could go to be away from the confrontational atmosphere. So we, you know, I grew up in the organization and in uh, 1982, 83, my grandmother, who I was being cared for by, she was in the organization too, but she left. When she left, when she left, she took me with her. So in 1992, Ramona was getting out of prison and I was going through a lot of personal problems at home, at school, and my sister was got in a big fight, things happening. So I was seeking relief from the thing. My cousin was in the house, they were selling drugs. There was a whole lot of stuff going on that I was about to get into. I was about 13, almost 14 years old, and I talked to my mother about it, and I asked her, did she think Ramona, when she got out of prison, would come and get me? So I, she said, yeah, she, she will. And I said, well, you, are you sure? Because I mean, I'm seeing her on TV, I'm thinking about it like, I don't think she's gonna have time for me, you know? But the day after she got out, she came and got me. And how old were you? I was 13. She was just a move member. And and being loyal to my parents, who are also move members, she, she said she would. And and I also knew her, right? So, because um, she had come around around the same time I was born. And when she came and got me, she took me to Robin's father at the parents' place. And that's the first time that I remember her again. And, and she, the first time she met me. I just remember this. <laughs> boy running around just thinking he know everything <laughs> that's just how he was like so I ain't think nothing of it you know he just running around he, oh I can do this I can play basketball I can. 
Okay. Well, I could. <laughs> see, I could. I was good at. So I, I, you know, I ain't pay him no mind. Whatever. I'm just doing my thing, you know. And then, as we, you know, growing together, you know, getting to know him better, and you know, mostly me changing from being a bad person to being a good person, <laughs> because in in the move organization. Um, the way the people are raised and treated and taught, you're taught to be, have have manners, you know, more than just table manners or housebroken. <laughs> you know, it's more it's more a thing of just being good people, right? Being right, doing what's necessary, you know. So that's more so like how her family was. That, that's how they're they're you know were raising them. And and I was a very obnoxious overconfident and if I win I'm going to celebrate and it was way different than they were used to so we didn't really get along that that well at first I mean it was kind of like oh I hate him I hope you her brothers <laughs> yeah, oh you like... should you should have seen how much I could win we could be playing basketball or football or something and I could win I'm like, every time and <laughs> I celebrated and, and I got no cheers for it, right? They could win any any one of them, her brothers or or any of the other members in the in the family could have won one time and the eruption of celebration was so extreme. And and I just was why y'all why can't I get that? You know, you do enough for yourself. You know, they were, What changed you? Being in move. And what we call the system, not being in move, it's nothing to see an animal and try to and, and try to stone it. We weren't even really taught that animals had feelings. Even though I was in move before, those things were, you know, they, they just work on you to, to, to not feel that anymore, to not be that way anymore. There's a lot of confusion that, that, that came about as, as a result of not being in move with my family. Just getting back to that way, you know, respect life, respect animals, respect each other, respect your brothers and sisters. Um, all life have feelings. And just understanding that. Take care of yourself. They taught us to eat eat better, take care of yourself and all of that. So just, just feeling and developing feelings for myself and being able to see things in other people and that they have feelings and you shouldn't want to hurt people or you shouldn't, you know, if you win, that's cool. But you don't have to rub it in, especially if they're not really with it, you know? Let the victory be enough, right? So, but you know, the way we grew up, I mean, if you want to learn some serious, vulgar, trash talking, all you have to do is go to the nearest playground in Philadelphia while people are playing basketball, and you will learn some words that you have never heard before, and you'll never forget them. Well, that's how it was, so they weren't used to that. Yeah, you know? I mean, know nothing about that. All that. When you, when you went, I'm pissed on him, like, what? Like, oh my God! And it's and that's and that's tame, you know. So, and, and and people are like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, so I'm like, "What's wrong with me?" Like, ain't this what everybody? But just that family, you know, that organization, that organization, and that bond with amongst each other, amongst them. I just, I wanted to be a part of it, so I just I just tried not to do that anymore. And they helped me try not to do that anymore, especially when some of them would grip you up and say, "Listen, man." Saying how we do things here. So if you don't stop this, you're going back to Reno Street, you know. So it's like people have to be taught in some ways. A 13-year-old, uh, I had a seven-inch high top <laughs> box haircut back then. 
So I thought I was the, you know, kid and play Will Smith uh, old school stuff. So, but they that that changed me though, you know, and seeing how they had they cared about each other. When I would go see my mother at the prison, right, and I would come back, and despite all of the things that I said, despite how mad they were at me, and I would cry about it because I left her, right, um, and they hugged me. I mean that kind of stuff, just like. They didn't care that I just insulted them. At that point, what was important was how I felt. And they were gonna reassure me that they're with me. Did I ever not look cute? Did you think you were cute? Uh -huh. With that little fox hair? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know what changed for me. Like she was, a, to me, okay, so when I was, when I was, a teenager, I did not choose teenage girls my age. I always went after the older. When I'm 16, I'm going after the 25. When I'm 17, I might go after the 30-year-old. I was really, really, you know, not having a mother can really mess you up, right? So, you know, I'm living in the same house they're living in, right? So her father Sometimes I think he was grooming me all along for her, right? Because like he would tell me, he took me to work. He took me to work. Mo Africa took me to work every day. If I wanted to go, if I didn't want to go, when I was lazy, he still made me go. He woke he woke me up in the morning, and we worked. It felt like we worked from sun up to sun up. It, as we got older, I had I had relationships that you know was didn't work, you know whatever. And um, one day. One of the sisters in the organization came to me and, and, and just talked to me about what move believing marriage, you know. And I knew that already, and I wanted that, but I didn't see anybody that I felt fit me. They said, "Well, what about Robin?" I said, "She's like a kid. Like, I'm not, not really. I mean, I, she's pretty, but you know." My last girlfriend was like 25, 26 years old. Like, <laughs> it's a little different level. It's an age gap there. And um, they said, well, you know, she might like you. And most said, yeah, like, maybe, you know, maybe you should talk to her. I'm like, what? He said, well, what, did you talk to her? He, she, she said, yeah, she, she smiled when we talked about you. I said, really? Like, uh, all right, <laughs> I guess. So I did. And, and uh, it, it was definitely different than I thought it was going to be because I thought she hated my guts. <laughs> Let me tell you, one time I had a sandwich and she asked me, can she have a bite? So I said, yeah. She tried to bite the whole sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, yo, why are you trying to take my whole sandwich? <laughs> and I know if I knew then what I knew now, they gave her the whole sandwich, right? But back then, in my mind, this girl don't really like me. You know, she actually probably hates in fact she said she hated me like <laughs> once or twice so you know but when she when I heard that she smiled it was like okay maybe this can you know we'll see so we talked and we we knew each other because we had been around each other for years there was no real generation gap it was just in my mind one thing about being in move when I would try to when I would seek out women that were not in move having to explain to them what we're about and do the work to get them to understand and see. Sometimes they weren't with it. Sometimes they might have been, but it was a whole lot more effort and harder to get people to really see that we're not crazy. Because back in 1990, whatever, we were not 
popular or accepted. No, it this is you know when he do his little celebration, celebration or just you know messing around, joking around, you know. I ain't, I ain't wasn't having time for it, whatever. So that's what he thought it was like me hating, but no, it was just like okay, you do your thing. But well, you I, did actually say I hate him. <laughs> well, at that time maybe. Okay. But no, it wasn't like. Wasn't real hate. Yeah. It was just anger at the time. <laughs> no, it was just you know me saying no, I don't like that. What you doing right then? <laughs> but no, it wasn't. You know, I liked it. And then when they suggested that we should talk, you know, see where it can go. What was that conversation between you and, and Mo's your dad, right? Yes. Okay, so what was that? Do you remember that conversation? He was like, do you like Mike? And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he was like, okay, well, y'all should talk and, you know, get together. See how, you know, it worked for you. So that's what we did. Once we got together, we just, it was just like we clicked. Maybe that's why we were arguing because we're so much alike, right? But it is the cornerstone of move belief. And we believe in marriage. We're very, very serious about it. But you have to be, marriage takes a lot of things, right? The biggest thing that it takes though is, is work. Even more so than love. Because love is, is a powerful force, right? And this is the kind of stuff John Africa would teach, our founder John Africa would teach us. Love is a powerful force, but work is key because you can love, mother can love her son, her daughter, a father can love his family, and it can, it, they can still get really messed up within that family. If you don't put the work in to actually make that love, you know, generate throughout that family, there's still going to be a whole lot of stuff. You, you see people all the time, their mother's crying because their kids are in prison and this and that. The work, and maybe they know it, maybe they don't know it. But without that work that has to be done in order to set that thing straight, you can love all you want. All you, you can think you love all you want, but you got to have that work. May not just, it just may not be certain compatible with somebody else. You know, it just maybe just not how that goes, but marriage is definitely very, very important. You know, if you're going to get with somebody, you're going to marry this person. You're not going to be all around and trying to figure it out. If you want to be with the person, that's you're going to put the work in to stay with this person. And we were married like, it was like, what? Well, we were together for like three or four months. Yeah, it wasn't long. Yeah, it was, it was rather quick. And see, for me, I had other experiences. So I... Those experiences were necessary and valuable. But once the suggestion was made for me with her, and then once I actually was around her and got to know her somewhat, like more than just from the sandwich <laughs> and the celebrations, you know, it was like, it was like, hmm. you know, she's more, there's more to her than just some kid that got on my nerves because she would celebrate with me, right? And, and, and she saw, she showed a different side to herself too. Like, I always thought that she was like a tomboy, right? And she, you know, she wouldn't, she wouldn't wear a dress and all of that. But then there was like, well, she liked dresses, you know, she just never had one. Or, or, you know, like there was different things happening that I started to learn and it was like, this is interesting. You know? A move marriage is, uh, it's a celebration. 
a huge celebration. All the families are involved. Every, every family member that is available gets together and celebrate it. It's like a, a, like a baby being born. It's like it's the same way. So what happens is uh, people, everybody get together and some people dress up, some people don't. But everybody has the same mindset to, 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 uh, to celebrate and encourage this union. And so, yeah, we got together at one of our houses. You know, some of it is traditional, what you would see as traditional. Some of it is not. To the whole everybody. <laughs> yeah, we getting that. Like I had to, tell, like I, I, you know, I got to clear certain things with certain, like, yo, Mo, um, her dad, like, you know, you took me to work every day, like, I, you, we cool, right? Like, like, yeah, okay, well, you know, yeah, I talked to her already. You know, he, he's telling me, like, yeah, she's already, you know, yeah, go ahead, man, do your thing. I'm like, okay, cool. like, all right, I'm nervous though, right? Um, her mother. I want to fight <laughs> she's like that you know kind of person and um that was my parents they already knew i told you my sister my mom talks so my sister is like my mom now i don't know if my sister told but my parents knew and i was like yo who told you and she was like well i don't worry about it you know but we know good congratulations they sent us some money from the prison and all of that kind of stuff, you know. And then, yeah, we all, every, you know, everybody got together and, you know, basically, um, you know, we don't we don't believe in paper, right? Marriage is not. You could burn your your, your marriage license and still be together. You could keep your marriage license and be totally divorced, right? So, you know, we don't we don't deal in that kind of fictional stuff like that just because it's legal don't make it right you know what i'm saying so like we, we we are married based on our love for each other you know and our children between us you know and our family bond within us that's how that's why we're married did we did we, we didn't say vows no nah, i guess we didn't <laughs> no did you say we're married yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, is that Val's? You know, we had the, you know, you know, celebration, you know, party with a cake and, you know, took pictures and like that, you yeah, know, and that was that. the celebration and the, you know. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we didn't like say, I promise to always. No, nah, we didn't do that. No, nah, the vow is within you and your effort to work. No, we don't. Now, there's a lot of little things like that that we don't really feel is necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like your your actions are shown. Yeah, people say vows all the time, and they be like, "Look, say something else, and I'm gonna knock your face off." You know what I'm saying? So like, no, nah, we didn't. Hi, it's me, Cody Elaine Oliver, wife, mama, and co-creator of Black Love. I know y'all are loving this conversation, but I wanted to let you know about something our friends over at Shea Moisture Men are doing for Black Fathers, and it has me all up in my feelings. I'm gonna go collect myself while they give you some of the sweet details. Shea Moisture Men is committed to celebrating dads daily. As a part of lifting their voices, we created a father's lullaby called Light Inside of You. This lullaby is for us, by us. It is our way of creating our own generational tradition to be passed down father to father. We want to share the voice of love, tenderness, and joy, and hope that black dads already share with their babies and with the entire world. Let's normalize and celebrate black love in the form of a father's lullaby, our story, our song. The world needs to see and hear the love of black fathers. 
Go to SheaMoisture.com slash men or Shea Moisture Men on IG and listen to a father's lullaby and then challenge a black dad to share his story, his song, by singing the lullaby to his babies and posting it by using the hashtag a father's lullaby. Did y'all get that? Shea Moisture Men is over here being all about black love. So dads, I need you to go over to Shea Moisture Men on IG and that's S-H-E-A-M-O-I-S-T-U-R-E Men. Shea Moisture Men on IG and record your lullaby. And for all the mamas listening, get the fathers in your life in on this beautiful expression of black love. And I think I saw a, a baby, uh, what, one year later? Yeah, that's Alex. Is that right? About a year and a half later came Alex. He's our oldest. Yeah, I had him in the front room floor or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. We have all no the kids No midwife, no doctor. No medicine. All four kids. Like 20 minutes long, like. Like, really, like, she was like, uh, I said, what do you want me to do? I don't know. What to do. Oh, I'm my God. Like, he was running what? around like, go get a do? towel. What go get a do? towel. Go get towels and water. Okay, cool. I ran down the basement to get some water and some buckets, some towels, clean stuff up. And I came back up. All I remember is him just running around. I don't know what he was doing, but he was just, like, running. I don't remember oh. what I was doing either. I just know that I went to get. Like, what did you doing? Towels and water. What you see on TV or I don't know what you hear about people say about how people how people have babies. Well, that's one thing that we didn't experience. I know I I thought she I didn't know what to think really. I knew how move women had babies before. I heard how it happens and it's fast and all of that. Literally, I think it might have been about 15 minutes when she started pushing. 15 minutes and I think we woke up at I woke up at four in the morning. She said, I think I'm having a baby. By 4:30. We were like almost going to sleep again. I was a lazy, lazy kid, right? Like her father made me get up in the morning. He used to get your lazy. He used to say, what was his words? Get your lazy, rusty butt up. Get up. And he would say it over and over. Lazy bum. (laughs) Over and over. And then he, he, I was a greedy kid too, right? So he's got me to get up by feeding me. He said, first one up gets the best plate. So I started getting up. But I was lazy. So when Alex was born, I had to go to work now. And and it was, it worked out for me that he did what he did because I was accustomed to getting up. So even though I didn't really want to, I would. So yeah, things definitely changed. Did it suddenly make you responsible? Was no. there a period where you were like, "Am I responsible now?" Like, I, I'm not. I'm like, I do what I have to do. I'm like, some people call me a chameleon. I just do what I have to do. Uh, responsibility wasn't even really okay. Let's get some food. Let's get some some stuff. I just get the money and bring it home, and we shop. Robin, in your mind, how did he change becoming a dad? Either the first time or after all four. Uh, well, I would say he had more responsibility, but he was already changed. He was already pretty much knew what to do. He was already working. He was already providing. So he already knew that what to do. So when Alex came, he just knew already. It was just 
He just knew what to do, I guess. Well, that's awesome. Thanks. Because I didn't know I knew. Well, you act, to me, you act like you knew. I, hey, so. I guess I did. He's still alive. He's upstairs right now. <laughs> so we knew something. <laughs> you know, another little bean coming, you know, that I have to take care of and, you know, nurture and take care of. So I just got in gear and, I, you know, seeing the parents, how they take care of the kids and all that. I just did it and it was just second nature, like this to take care of the kids. That's when you realize how important grandparents are because they, they know what to do. They've been through it, they already know. Oh, baby, don't do, don't worry about that, just do this. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, all of the, you know, it, it, it really clicks in for you. You had a huge community, I assume. Yeah, we had a very vast family community. For me, I could not have done it without the entire community. Nah, I wouldn't be who I am without the entire community. I'm a community kid. Right, so because I, I didn't have parents with me, I lived with Ramona Africa for a little while. I lived with Pam Africa for a little while. I lived with Mo Africa for a little while, and I lived with Sue and Alberta Africa for a little. While. I lived with everybody, with all of those people that I just named, Teresa. I lived with all of these people for probably about a year or more each. So I developed and learned things from all of them, and. They were a very big role in my mental stability because not having my parents there and being taken away from them like that and going through all of the things that I went through without some kind of serious guidance, I could not have existed the way that I am now without them, not at all. Well, my parents, they was together forever. They've been so. together for 40 something years. They were the best example of a married of, of a married couple that, that was together. See, because a lot of the people that are in move are married, but a lot of them are married actually to prison. Because like my mother and father, they married. They've been married ever since 1960, whatever but they've been in prison for 38 years. So their marriage, I can't see it. I mean, I, I, I see it, but I can't, it's not something that I can see and watch them. How do you handle this argument? How do you go through this? Um, so a lot of move marriages are like that. A lot of, because there's so many separated. But then there's some that where one of them is in prison and the other one's on the street. They have to go see them and you can see the bond between them. And you see how they interact with each other, how they deal with problems. One person likes something, another person doesn't. It could be music or ice cream. It could be uh, uh, a movie or whatever. Um, and then you see the ones that are together, that are actually together. And those are vastly different from each other. You have some where, like on the TV, you see the people always at each other, you know, talking and, and, and why did you do this and fussing at each other all the time and then you have some that are always just together and quiet you know you never see one without the other kind of thing and then you have the other ones they interact with each other they're always more so the younger ones are the ones that you see that are always um touching each other and stuff like that 
But yeah, it it, it gives you a, it's a template for you to 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 help you get through things, and not all of them are going to fit for who you are, but whichever one works, you use it. Not having my parents with me where I can see how they would handle certain situations or whatever, it uh, it affects me. I didn't realize that it affected me as much as it has until very much later. Like now, like I was talking to my mom this morning and I said, mom, I said, I said, I, I really don't know what to do right now. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I pretty much have everything I need. I'm not buying another house to, for us to live in like this. I'm not buying enough. I'm not trying to buy a bigger one or upgrade or any of that kind of stuff. I have pretty much everything that I need. I have the wife, I have the kids, I have the car, I have the house, I have the business, I have everything that I need. And um, as a revolutionary, sometimes I don't understand what is our next move. Because our founder, John Africa, he coordinated the decisions and the um, strategies for the revolution for us. And he's not here. So we sometimes have to figure out what to do ourselves. And that, it can be confusing sometimes because there's a whole lot to get involved in. And the way things were in 1990 or 1980 is different than they are in 2017. So I, I talked to her about it, but you only get a 15 minute conversation. So she says, okay, I, I, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. And she called me back in 15 minutes and we talked for another 15 minutes. Now I'm trying to be patient, but I'm waiting for her to call me because we haven't finished our conversation. This is not a, we used to have meetings about revolution and what our moves, the next move, the next decision, the next this or that. And sometimes they would take all night. Now we're limited to these 15 minute increments. It's frustrating, you know, but I think, and this is going to sound a little dark, right? But I think that it, it is more valuable to me that I haven't been in a situation where I had them with me for years and then lost them. You know what I'm saying? Like this has not been an this has not been an on again, off again struggle. This has just been the way it's been. So um, it's very, very irritating <laughs> to go through that that thing like that. But you know, that community that I have, that move family, I can also call my sister Sue Africa and say, listen. I'm confused about this. How do I deal with this? We're on the road that they've traveled already. So they can, you know, I can also get that from her. I can call Alberta Africa and say, listen, I don't really understand this. And, and, and I can get guidance from her. So, you know, that community is essential, really essential.